0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in the Crowded Booth Week 8 College Football Reaction and Recap. We're not going to talk anymore about Georgia Tech losing to Boston College. We will talk about North Carolina and a lot of other teams as well. Also, too, some storylines. This Caleb Williams drama, is he really worth worth it if you've got the number one pick? We're going to talk about that here on tonight's episode of the Crowded Booth. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home.
1: Coming on. The crowded booth with
0: Bryce Coon. Happy Monday, everyone. I'm Bryce Coon alongside Will Manis. Ralph just got back from his 175K a day job. He's in the shower. That's not allowed on YouTube. No live stream of that So we're not going to be able to do that uh, But hey, tonight's show presented by Not only Cook's Place, one of the best scrambled dogs you're going to find In the state of Georgia But also Mantis Loans You can go get your free oh. loan there From uh, from Mantis uh, Mantis LLC, they're taking loans If you need a pinch, $250 Whatever you might need, they're going to rock and roll with that Hey Will, fantastic We geez. gave geez. a college football And that's not the Was other it? time you're going to say Jesus Was
2: it though? Was it fantastic? <sighs>
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, well, it was for me. I, LSU disrespected the troops, I guess you could say. Uh, 62-0 beatdown. So that was what I was in attendance for. Completely stopped watching that game as well. But, hey, we are excited to talk about a lot of different cultural things. Hey, we've got our top four we're going to reveal tonight. We've got a couple storylines. And, obviously, we're going to take a look at four games that kind of dominated headlines. Obviously, you know, that uh, I think two – It'll be, uh, yes, loans can be done through Venmo, Chris, as well as <laughs> gift cards, as well as gift cards. Gift cards, as, too. Learn that today. Can be done. We did learn that today. Let's rock and roll with game number one. Now, if you are tuning in for the first time, we appreciate you, whether it's on YouTube or you're listening after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Will, we talk about the first game, and it's one that obviously I know that you had planned to go to, you didn't get to, and um, I don't know if you're all that upset about it. Ole Miss leaves nope. Auburn with a narrow SEC win. I want to ask you about this. Is it more of a reflection of Auburn playing well, that this game was only a seven-point loss, or did Ole Miss uh, not look like typical Ole Miss self?
2: No, Ole Miss didn't look great. Uh, their offense was was kind of lackluster, in my opinion, for this one. I mean, they got off to a hot start, and that's what really carried them in this game. Uh, Auburn, I mean, the book's out on Auburn now. I mean – I. What From what we've seen so far, that's all we're going to see from Auburn. Uh, it was another poor night. I mean, they threw the ball better. Peyton Thorne 100 yards uh passing. A lot of that was in the second half. Saw a lot more Robbie Ashford. In fact, Ashford started this game, so that was interesting. Um, Auburn's a running football team. They're not very good on offense. They need to run the ball. Um, They need to stop playing two quarterbacks. I, I feel like a broken record because I've said it every week that mm-hmm. Auburn needs to run the ball and pick a quarterback. Um, but, no, the, the final score, it's even still, does not reflect the game. Uh, Ole Miss, yeah. 425 yards of offense, which kind of seems uh, pedestrian to their standards. But the Auburn defense, they made some plays. We know this Auburn defense is pretty good. They held Ole Miss to two for 11 on third downs. I think that's a, a really nice feather in the cap for Auburn coming out of this one. Um, and then Auburn, once Auburn started to go tempo in that fourth quarter, uh, they were just able to score a touchdown and to make the score look a little bit better. So that's probably something Auburn can do moving forward. Auburn's through this gauntlet that we knew that they were going to have in the middle of the season. Schedule lightens up here on the back end. Auburn can do some more things. I think Hugh Freeze can do some more things that he's more comfortable with on the offensive side, namely going more tempo. So, but Auburn's through the tough, tough, uh, tough part of the year, but they still got to finish strong.
0: Yeah, I think you and I talked about this, too, that you were going to have this stretch of games where, man, if you could pick one win up, and we kind of thought you could, and you couldn't, uh, we obviously learned. If you could pick one of those wins up, you have to feel really, really good. I know Auburn fans, this is not the season they want. Uh, I do think that, you know, I think better things are on the horizon. I, but I kind of look, you know, if you if you really go into different pieces of what they were able to do, Will, I mean, look, they, uh, they held Ole Miss scoreless in the second quarter. They held Ole Miss to one of six on third downs in the first half. You know, there's different pieces on kind of, you know, talks about this defense really isn't that bad. I said that on Wednesday. It's it's not the Stephens fault. Peyton Thorne does hit 100 yards. But, man, what do you want to see out of the sovereign team over the back half of the season? now you said it's a little bit of an easier stretch. You obviously want to see six wins in a bowl game. But is there – I mean, do you want to see Robbie Ashford start the rest of the way?
2: I do. I mean, the offense just looks so much better with Robbie Ashford at quarterback. He's a much bigger threat to run than Thorne, even though Thorne has really made some big strides in a run game. Uh just looking at the numbers. But if you watch the games, the defenses are not keen on him to keep the ball and, and run it on, on those RPOs. Um but but again I- just lacks so much in the passing game. And, and Thorne does too. And, and I've been hard on Thorne, but I just don't think this offense, I don't think Thorne makes a difference throwing the ball. I think the big problem is these wide receivers. They're just not power five level wide receivers. That, that's just the reality. You may yeah. you may have one, Javarius Johnson, and and he's not even getting open uh for Auburn. I mean, you look at their receiving numbers last night. Rivaldo Fairweather, five catches, uh 31 yards and a touchdown, had that late touchdown. Jarquez Hunter had uh, 54 yards with just three catches. But the the other receiver is just one catch apiece. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you cannot – you're not going to beat anybody when you can't throw like that. Uh, Just 122 total yards between the two quarterbacks. I want to see Ashford. I want to see more tempo. I know that's what Freeze wants to do, you think, the last decade of Auburn football. Auburn's been at its best yeah, when it can yeah. go up-tempo, high-octane. And hopefully with this lighter – back half of the schedule, the defense can get off the field and be able to catch their breath so the offense can go tempo. That's been part of the problem. Um, But, yeah, tempo, better run game, Um, just more points on the board. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm i with you there. I mean, it's got to be more points on the board. Uh, taking a look at the Ole Miss side of things, I mean, they finished with 425. Once again, one of the more balanced attacks you're going to see in the SEC, too. 202 pass yards, 223 rushing yards. That rushing game and Quinshawn Judkins ever since the LSU game is really starting to kind of take shape, I think, that the way they thought it would at the beginning of the season. Um, look, and and and, and it, the crazy thing is, is that Ole Miss fans next weekend are going to be massive LSU fans. If LSU can beat Alabama and Ole Miss finds a way to knock off Georgia and Athens, which, look, who knows what's going to happen at this point in the season. I'm not – never never say never. If that happens, Ole Miss is headed to Atlanta. So, I mean, you, you talk about a team that really just needs to take care of business and hope Alabama can trip up, you know, one more time this season in conference play. We'll see. And I'll tell you this too. Auburn plays Alabama. And I don't know. I, I just – I don't want to get you too excited, Will, but I know no, at the end no, of the no. season – no. Inside your hair, it's going to be, it's going to make a difference.
2: It's setting up for Auburn. If Auburn can, can win these next, what is it? They got four games before that one. If yeah. they can go, if they can win the next four, have momentum coming in that game. There's no telling what could happen.
0: Yeah. Be a lot of fun. A lot of fun as well. We welcome Ralph into the show as uh, he's, he's, he's here. I'm going to put you over to the side there, Ralph. Cause, I mean, you know, did
2: you even dry your hair?
0: What I mean, my that? man got out of the shower and said, let's roll. It's dedication. Yeah. He probably doesn't have
2: pants on, to be honest.
0: Well, you know what? If you don't can't afford pants, Ralph, go take out a loan. Will <laughs> Mantis Loans. You can check Will, it out. Will Mantis Will, <laughs> Mantis Will Mantis? Will Mantis. Will Mantis Loans. Over there um, on the corner of College Drive. And you know, they got a nice little home office over there that you can do. Yeah, Will sure. does his work out of. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hey, let's talk about the next game. Alabama. Sorry, Ralph, you're in control now. I apologize. Alabama mounts a comeback against Tennessee. Guys, Alabama scored 27 points in the second half. Tennessee really didn't sniff an opportunity it felt like to score until late in the football game. I'll say this, Will. We'll start with you once again. Joe Milton, I mean, he was 28 of 41, 271, two touchdowns. But they didn't really run the ball, though I thought they would. only averaged 3.5 yards on the ground in Alabama man if they're hitting the big plays it's just really hard to beat them with that defense and if they're hitting the deep ball so your thoughts on the Crimson Tide who just kind of continuing to stay in the conversation of getting to Atlanta
2: I mean this was another opportunity to slay the giant Texas A&M had the chance they couldn't do it Tennessee had the chance they couldn't do it I was ready I was ready to declare this game over when Tennessee jumped out to that big lead Um, but man that shows you this Alabama team have been so many question marks but They showed that they're still a Nick Saban-led team to have the the resiliency and the fight to get back in that game and just really take over in that second half, outscoring Tennessee 27 to zip. Um, You know, Tennessee had to start fast. They had to start fast, but they had to keep it going. They couldn't do it, and I think it comes down to the running game. But they did a nice job defensively stopping Alabama's run for the most part. They couldn't really contain Jace McClellan, but Mm -hmm. as a team, Alabama only averaged three yards uh, per rush. But you know, we knew coming into this one, Tennessee's problems defensively were going to be on the back end against that that deep passing game that Alabama has. Still, still kind of lacking that intermediate passing game, but but the deep ball is really, really good. And you got a quarterback like Jalen Milrow that can throw it 50, 60 yards down the field and drop it in a bucket. I don't know how you beat that guy.
0: Yeah. It's going to be one of those things where you kind of have to have a uh Lack a better word, you got to have kind of some kind of crazy performance. You know, one of those things that's kind of out of this world to beat them. And you know, the two games they lost last year were, you know, last second. You got to have something extraordinary to happen. Just like Jordan Tech has to have something extraordinary happen to win, Alabama's got to have something extraordinary happen to lose a game. So that's something that's very interesting. Ralph, your your take on this? Tennessee, like we talked about, a couple of keys coming to the game. They would have to establish that run game. They were going to have to dominate the trenches. And early on, it looked like that. But, uh, man, Alabama is just continuing to lean on more of a, uh, I would say, early 2010s approach to to this team, of just being able to hit some deep pass plays, you know, you know, know, really run the ball well, and, and just play great defense up front.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought Tennessee was going to end up blowing on the water. I had a friend who was an Alabama fan said he watched the game uh, Saturday on a drive. He said, I turned it off at halftime and I you know, woke up from my nap, and I said, dang, we probably got blown out the way we played the first half. And his wife was like, you might want to check out the score, and he was very stunned to see what happened. But um, yeah, Tennessee—they came out hot. I mean, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to you know go up early and hopefully just keep scoring. And that second half just didn't look like have anything going. The run the run game was just stopped the whole second half. And Joe Milton was your leading rusher at the end of the game. That should yeah. not happen with Jabari Small. He had eight carries for twenty-four yards, and they—they—they they just shut him down completely. They shut everyone down the offense. I mean. Squirrel White had a great game, 10 for 111 in touchdown. That's huge for him going forward And Tennessee's hopefully. Um, you know, you come off this bad loss right here. And I say bad loss because you lose by two scores, uh, and you were up at halftime by a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the it's the same thing I've always kind of said with Tennessee. Can you finish the game? Can you finish the fight? And uh, they just showed sort a of poor performance on that, you know, not finishing strong enough on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think too that look, when, when you when, when you see kind of, you know, the weapons for Tennessee, uh, Ramel Keaton, uh, that's gonna be something that I think oh. is, you know, a guy's five catches, 71 yards, uh, you know, Jalen Wright, seven catches, forty-four yards. They were distributing the football you know well. Like they they were doing a lot of things well that you needed to do to win the game. It's the consistency factor that they just penalties, cannot keep up. Yeah. Penalties yeah. And, and see, really penalty,
2: killed Tennessee it's in this just, one. I mean, they were penalized yeah. eight times for fifty-five yards, Alabama just one for five. A lot of questionable calls in this game, if, if you were. watched it. There were a lot of questionable um, calls. You know, I mean, Birmingham's right down the road, and Alabama's had a higher number or a lower number next to them than Tennessee did. So, if you've watched the SEC for a while, not really a surprise nah. how that game was officiated.
1: But I will say this, though, and I know what we just said is probably true, but uh, Alabama – for the last year and I guess this going into this year has been really highly penalized. You know, mm-hmm. is, it's not the same, you know, they're not as disciplined as they have in the past. We go back to the Texas game last year, was it 15 penalties? I think they had in that game. They yeah, a lot. Yeah. And then was a lot. you, know, you, you, you're, you're getting back to what, you know, Saban likes to do have less penalize, less penalties in each game. And you play discipline. I think they're getting better at that every, every day so
0: far. So, yeah, you
1: know, is, is that, is that continues for them this year. That really helps out their whole entire just, you know, future for this team.
0: Yeah, it does. And I'll bring this uh, comment um, up right here. You know, Tyler Redman says, uh, you know, about Alabama being a team that continues to get better. Uh, You know, I think that's something, too, that when you look at what this team is – is building towards, I mean, you know, will we ask the question, one of our, one of our things last Monday was, you know, storylines is Alabama still alive. You didn't feel like that. They, they, they were, you know, in the national picture uh, still alive. You've actually got a, uh, quite a surprise sitting there at number five when we reveal our top four later on in the show. That it's, being, it's not a shocker. I, I, I got hey, yeah, I I, it. I got to throw in number five. I agree with, with you, Will. I ride I'm okay with, with right that. Now. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Hey, they, Sweated out Air Force minus ten. Shout out to that defense for that big pick six, uh, and then the missed PAT from the other side of things. I just spoiled it. Why did I just spoil it? No, nope, awesome. nobody was watching that game. They don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, well, it wasn't on the CW channel, so maybe they were watching it.
2: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Stats and info may figure out uh, who we're talking about.
0: That's Although very I have, true. Although I
2: haven't seen him.
0: Yeah, where is Doctor Bob? Uh, Doctor Bob not in the show tonight. That's that's <laughs> disappointing, okay. Man. Just, just disappointing, man. It's disappointing.
1: That's okay. Maybe when, he's saving lives.
0: To the can't show up to work. Maybe he's saving number. I can assure you, Jonesy, it is not Troy. <laughs> I can assure you it's not, um, hey, but all together. Blow out
1: the military like, like LSE did this weekend. Yeah. You already missed it, dude.
0: I'm sorry. I was <laughs> okay, busy. We're quick. Throwing L's on the, uh, on West point over there. It was a big one. Big win. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Jace McClellan continues to be, um, just a guy that is just, you know, Tough yardage, averaging four point three a carry, but man, he's hard to bring down. I do think that this Alabama team is trending in the right direction to be able to do what they want to do. They beat LSU; they're in the driver's seat uh, mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, really. I mean, you know, obviously they got to go to Auburn at the end of the year. They got a couple more games mixed in, but when you look at what they're going to be able to do in the rest of that schedule, this it's going to be big. And now next weekend's going to be big. They announced that's a night kickoff in Tuscaloosa, that's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere too
1: uh, to be a part of. So not not next weekend; the weekend after. The fourth,
0: right? Yeah, well the the next weekend, this is this, this Saturday oh, is this sorry. weekend. Uh yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, you've been no. driving all day, I understand. Um, let's move on to the next game here. We take a step outside of SEC play because my game to watch was absolutely boring, seven to three winners of Mississippi State over Arkansas. So we're not talking about that. <laughs> we are talking about Florida State and Duke. Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Duke lost their first game by more than one possession under Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Duke bandwagon. I love what Mike Elko is building. Um, if you want to look at a team that might have certain limitations academically, I'm saying that to a portion of our fan base watching this show <laughs> this is the program that you looked at that is a well-coached and executed team. They're just very, very good. Very, very good. So really like what they've been able to do. That being said, man, Florida State's just finding a way, and they're just continuing to find a way. I'll say this, too. It kind of feels eerily similar to Georgia last year with what, what Florida State's doing week in and week out. Mm-hmm. We're not really talking about it because it's kind of boring what they're doing. I mean, they're just kind of winning football games. But they're just – they're they just, don't play you know, nobody
2: call.
0: Yeah, they don't play any. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. That's that's the that's the that's the argument here. But man, they're just getting guys involved. I mean, when you're winning, when you're putting up 38 points and Keon Coleman only has two catches, that's that, it's the talent that they have. Uh Jaheim Bell was a big part of their offense. Eight catches for 53 yards. All together, Ralph. We'll start with you on this. I mean, Florida State just looks good. Uh, Duke's quality win. This is a really, really good win. Duke's gonna play Louisville this weekend. I'm really excited to see that. It's a big reason why I still have Florida State kind of in my top teams. I think that seeing them in person might be a little bit biased. I just think this is a Seminoles team that is really primed to make a deep run uh, into the postseason. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this. Florida
1: State's still, to me, one of the top five teams easily. Uh, just, just doing what they're doing, you know, week in, week out. Obviously, you go back to that Boston College game. That was a little, a little scary win, but you pulled out. You didn't play a horrible that game, like I said back, back uh week three, I believe. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah that's, that's a good one ever to do you pull away late in the game it shows what you can do um you know when you're kind of pushed into a corner against a team that's really talented and didn't have a full 100 percent quarterback with Ryan, riley leonard but you know it's just how the you know the dice fell there the dominoes fell there for them it just you know wasn't wasn't a great game for duke to have when leonard's not healthy so um yeah. but going forward florida states it's in the driver's seat it just truly is you got uh, pit, I think you got Florida left, and I think you got Miami left, so you're in the driver's seat for, for you to be uh in that final four in the, the year. So, you know, when you don't have to like throw Keon Coleman ball 10 times a game, but you can just dish it out to everybody else, that's that's the best one you could, you could say possibly. I mean, when your best player is not having to do a lot of work, that's the best game for you because that's it makes your life a little easier. You can dish it out, I mean, having Johnny Wilson back for them right now is a huge improvement to their offense because Johnny Wilson just, it helps out Keon Coleman from carrying the load on, on offense.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I like what you talked about. And look, Jordan Travis throws for 268, 75% completion rate. Uh, you know, Duke gave them fits. I mean, this is a Duke team that is plays just assignment. They, sound ran, football. The ball. they ran the ball very oh well. And that's one of the things we talked about on Thursday. Like that mm-hmm. was going to be a key. Jordan. Or, I'm sorry, Jaquez Moore Played and Jordan more. Waters yeah. both had to play well. Waters was a little slow, averaging three uh, yards a carry. But, man, Jaquez Moore, 16 carries, 110 yards. I mean, yards the recipe was there. But, Will, this is what good teams do. You know, they can, they'll fight and they'll battle with you. But, man, they pull away. And I wanted to look at this. Uh, you, you give me your thoughts real quick. But I wanted to look at this from the sense of scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter. It's what elite football teams do. And yeah. to kind of kind of do that. Boston College did that too, by the way, in the fourth quarter. But anyways, yeah, keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah, Florida State, they're deep and they're 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 a complete team. I mean, look at their defense. Now, you know, you can't, I gotta mention that they caught Duke at a good time with Riley Leonard not being hundred percent. Um, but man, they still just came out and dominated them defensively. They made them one dimensional. That normally means stopping the run, but they really shut down the pass game. Uh, kept everything in front of them hmm. and just, just stayed in the game. And that's that's all you ask your defense to do just stay in the game. Um, you know, they didn't get to the quarterback at all, or maybe one time had one turn, they forced one turnover. But I mean, red zone efficiency 4 4. This team just does it all, they do it all. Yeah, I, I didn't watch a ton of this game, I was distracted by. Auburn keeping it close with Ole Miss, <laughs> closer than I thought they would, so I didn't catch much of this game. I caught the highlights in the studio updates, but, uh, man, they do it all. You talk about not having to throw it to Keon Coleman, Jaheem Bell, eight catches, Johnny Wilson, five catches, Lawrence Toa Feely, four catches, uh, Hakeem Williams, two catches, Marcus and Douglas, two catches. I don't even know th- – I've never even heard that name before, and he had two catches. I mean <laughs> – They don't know nobody. <laughs> they, they're deep. They're deep. They're dangerous. Yeah. I think. I think the rest of the country is kind of hoping somebody in the ACC will knock them off, and, and hope that they have missed the top four because they, they will be a dangerous team to face in the playoffs. Well,
1: will week five? We would have said Miami, but not not anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got Miami. They, Miami's got to go there. Um, North Alabama. Miami, they're hey, not beating them.
2: Miami just beat Clemson. Yeah, as well, a, as
0: well, Clemson needed people to get off the bandwagon, so that's why that's why Clemson <laughs> lost that game. Um, Bandwagon's too heavy. Yeah, Florida State's going to Wake Forest, and they're going to Pitt, and they're going to go to Gainesville. Well, I mean, like the it, ACC
2: Pitt is the weirdest. Dangerous. The ACC, I yeah. think every year is the weirdest conference. Maybe that's because mm-hmm. we're used to Clemson. Slipping up and dropping it. a game well, when they've been at the top of the conference. So maybe
1: Florida State will do it. The only reason I say Pitt, though, is because of what happened with Louisville. I think, I got, I think, I think Louisville got a little too high for themselves and then just kind of met someone who can just play a little better football than them on one night. So, you know, well, that's what we on. call a letdown spot. Yeah. You, yeah, know, it's, you, you catch a team on a, bad, on a bad day, though, anything can happen. So that's right. But
0: and I think, too, just about Florida State. And I saw a comment earlier that talked about, um, you know, maybe being a building year. I think overall with what this Florida State team's done, you talk about hitting on the portal. Mike Norvell has hit on the portal nearly every single player they brought in. And I think that it's just one of those things that you just kind of look at and you're like, wow, like this is it's kind of crazy. It, it's kind of crazy. Like Keon Coleman, uh, you have a guy in Jordan Travis that you know took the lumps and the bruises early on in his career. And a lot of, I think that's how you build a team. Like, I think that's how you have to build a team. You, in this day and age of NIL and Portal, They've got a nice little deep wallet, you know. Uh, they beat out LSU for, for Keon Coleman, and Keon Coleman is a Louisiana guy. Literally, grew up an hour and a half from Baton Rouge. That, you know, if you talk about two teams that really could have used him and faced off there in Week One. That's huge. That being said, um, I don't think Keon Coleman can play cornerback, so maybe not. But you know, <laughs> that be, that being said, uh, the way this team is built, we've all alluded to it. They're just they're just kind of rolling along, and it's one of those things where in December. I think they're going to pop up again, you know, when we get to that selection show, and it's going to be one of those things where we're just kind of like, yeah, oh yeah, like Florida State's really good, and they have a decent amount of quality wins on their schedule too, uh, depending I think, on what happens uh, the rest of the way.
2: I think Mike Norvell's done masterclass on how to build oh build gosh. a roster. I mean, it, you got to have the bones, you got to have the pieces in place, and then go out and get those big playmakers when they become available, and that's why they're so good because he's recruited yeah. well. And then, like, Keon Coleman, Jaheen Bell, just throw those guys into that offense, and, and they've taken off this year. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I talked about Jaheen Bell at the beginning of the year, saying that might be a difference maker for them later on in the year. But I kind of – I overlooked what Keon Coleman was going to produce for Florida State this year. I thought I think everyone was, did,
0: honestly. Like, I well, think they I, thought I, he was good, him. but what he's doing is nuts.
1: I had a more of a heavy run team this year with Trey Benson and Jordan Travis, uh, kind of like an RPO system. But they they really just take them out and just said we're going to throw Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and just – you know, we'll yeah. make you we'll be, we'll make you have to stop the throws. So we can just run on you all day. So they're just they're a they're a solid team. I mean, they would be number one, I think, if you know Georgia and Michigan weren't just doing what they're doing right now. So, um, but you know, I, I think they, were, they had the, they had the best win, don't they? Well, would, you, would you not
0: say they had the best wins? LSU and Clemson ooh. on the road. LSU, Clemson, Duke. I mean, I don't know. You see, you see a team that's got three wins like that on their schedule so far? I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. But it's three quality wins. I mean, you oh, gotta be yeah. honest. No, with there's yourself. there's
2: nobody that's got three wins of you know anywhere near that. And partially that's because like Ohio State, their schedule's They're backloaded, maybe. Michigan's schedule's backloaded. Yeah, you know. Uh Florida State's had some big ones early. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: sure.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a great question too. Uh Howell Clemson, we did mention Clemson, we, we'll talk about them later <laughs> on in the show. How Clemson just for seeing four states' acquisitions of the portal. I think the pressure's gonna be on Dabo, just there's you know, only, in so many words.
2: There's only one guy you can ask that question to, and it's Dabo. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's been in his own way, I think, the last
0: couple of years. He has been. He has been. Let's move on to the final game. We're gonna take a look at. Then we're gonna get to uh, our next segment of the show after we take a break. We go to the Big Ten, guys. I think I'll start with this. I mean, we can talk about the game, but you know, a lot of conversations already happened about this. Ohio State's defense, though, has come up in two of in their two biggest games today. It has been their defense that has really shined, which is not something I think we really expected out of Ohio State team. But uh, man, you know, this group plays really well. I don't, I, I can't pronounce the guy's name that's the edge rusher that they have, JT Tia maluto. I, I'm, I, I'm probably butchering his name. He's good. Um, this team is yeah. good. I'll read this for you a quick stat that I thought was absolutely fantastic about this Ohio State team. Tui Moloow. Sorry. See, I would not even have said that correctly if I would have tried <laughs> seven more times. Um, <laughs> but in this game, Ohio State had four sacks, four quarterback hurries, and six pass breakups. Look, I think Drew Aller, I think this Penn State offense is going to grow into, you know, what they need to be. But man, one night in Columbus, or one day in Columbus, I should say, it just, Ohio State looks the part. Now, that being said, do you think the best team of the Big Ten was on the field? I think that's a question that we could talk about, you know, more at more because I, we think Michigan's better than the two teams that played on Saturday. It's, I, we won't know, obviously, until, you know, last game of the season or uh, well potentially Michigan playing Penn State earlier. We'll see. But, Will, your thoughts on this? I mean, just overall, Ohio State's defensive effort. And I think they still have some things to work out on offense. But, man, that defense is going to keep them in a lot of football games and win them some.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think they still need a little bit more out of Kyle McCord. But again, he's a young quarterback. I mean, they played seven games. That's only seven starts he's got in his, in his college career. Um, but, man, how you got to tip your cap to Ohio State for keeping the faith in Ryan Day. He's been incredibly successful uh, as a head coach, as a first-time head coach at, at this level, and, and to adapt how he's adapted and, and changed this team, leaning on defense, leaning on run game, because he doesn't have mm-hmm. that elite quarterback. Even though he's got probably the best – I don't know if it's really a discussion. I guess Keon Coleman would be in there, but maybe the best receiver in the country and Marvin Harrison most Jr.
0: talented. I think God-given talent-wise. Yeah, I think I'm more yeah. cool with that.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he's leaned on running game and defense. I said it last week. This year's weird. Uh all, a lot of the top teams there's not really explosive offenses out there this year. Everybody's leaning on run game and defense. Don't really I don't really know why that is, but that's kind of the reality. But that defense, man, they were great. You talk about you play good teams. You got to make them one-dimensional. They held Penn State to forty-nine rushing yards. That. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I looked at the yes. comments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they made Penn State one-dimensional, and Drew Allen, yeah. another young quarterback, starting on the road, really struggled. Uh, did they have a? They lose a fumble. Yeah. No, they didn't fumble. Just no, no turnovers. For Penn State, or did they fumble?
1: No, no didn't they, didn't they didn't fumble. They didn't fumble. It was called a fumble, but it was an incomplete pass.
2: All right. Yeah. So no this turnovers.
1: A, that fourth quarter one.
2: You think you go on the road and you don't turn the ball over, you got a really good chance to win. But Aller, he really struggled with an out of run game, 18 of 42, 191 yards. You know, Ryan Day, I think, has elevated himself, if he wasn't already there, to that top tier of coaches or maybe the second mm-hmm. tier. If, if you put, you know, Nick Saban by himself which you probably should. Um, Yeah. But, man, really, really good job by him. Really really gutsy for an offensive guy to just be like, you know what? We're just going to play ball control. We're going to take care of the ball. We're going to take our shots when we get them to Marvin Harrison. But we're going to play defense and beat you on the lines of scrimmage and beat you with our defense.
0: Yeah, I think, too, I mean, them, obviously, Ohio State not having their starting running back. Mayan Williams is able to come in. I mean, I think there's a lot more things offensively they're going to be able to do to alleviate and help Kyle McCord. Mm -hmm. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., man, I mean, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. This kid is obviously, uh, I think, the most talented receiver in the country when you look across it. And look, I mean, Ralph, we all like this Penn State team. You know, Manny Diaz has this defense playing really, really well. There's a lot of high draft picks on Penn State's roster, but you know, it's just a. uh, These these are the games that you look at and you say, okay, like Drew Aller, like hopefully this one is a learning experience for you know year number two at the helm uh, at the quarterback position. Yeah, and I, I was
1: hoping that Nick Singleton was to really take the load off him, run the ball uh it just didn't look like they could get the run game going and that's just that's yeah. really what hurt drew allard and not to throw the ball 42 times you know i just don't think he's a guy who could throw it 42 times a game and be super super successful, successful yeah exactly it's just you know it's just not who he is he's not that kind of guy they don't have the receivers to really do that either so you know it's, it's it hurts drew allard and his team a lot when they can't run the ball very well and then they're just kind of hoping they get one or two big plays to push them along and the defense just. You can only be out there for so long. You can only stop, you know, Marvin Harrison for so long. I mean, he's he's that good. He to me, like you said, he's the best receiver in the draft in the draft this year. I mean, there's hands down. I mean, he's probably going to go one or two because the Bears are going to have the first two picks. So, oh yeah. wow, you yeah, think, I think Marvin
0: Harrison's going top two?
1: Well, they're going go to go. They're going to probably go quarterback. Then they're going to go Marvin Harrison. Why not? I don't yeah.
2: know, man.
0: They they won
2: on Sunday. I don't know. Oh shit. <laughs>
1: They went on God, Sunday with a with a backup quarterback who who faced a, Division was, was it, Two, no Colorado was,
2: School of Mines. Was the last
1: team he played. Yeah, that that that's right there. It shows you why the Bears will be the first or second pick this year. <laughs> it's I saw it's I, just I saw a myth. draft I saw a draft board from a Bears fan. It said like it was like a Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and it was like quarterback, 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 eighth round, just as a quarterback room. We can just because you, you at
0: in. least got to hit on somebody at some yeah, point. I <laughs> mean, like it's just ridiculous. I mean,
1: it's been rough in the last years for them, but um, yeah, just to finish off Penn State, they're not a bad team. They're still very yeah. good. They 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 got some. They're gonna be good in future. I think Manny Diaz, like you said, has got this team on this defense really well. Um, just a bad offensive game for them. That's just truly tr- tr- what it is. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they they played bad offensively. I think Ohio State played great defensively. Jim Knowles done a great Man. job there two years now. I mean, this is. He's really turned his defense around from last year to this year. So props to him, what he's doing. You know, i i made a I made a thing, I made a comment a few years ago to my buddy. We were talking about some of the best players in, in high school, and I said Jack Sawyer just doesn't look like a really big defensive end, and he has shown me, proved me wrong, where he has truly just turned into an absolute stud for
0: them. Yeah, they you know? they've just got. I mean, this was a game a lot of NFL talent, like we mentioned, and Ohio State. Ohio State the win. is defensive end of
1: you. I think we can say that.
0: Ooh. Well, as long uh, as we don't have to talk about the other Big Ten team that that you wanted to talk about last week.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they're not defensive than you. They're up 12-10,
0: baby. 12-10. <sighs> Listen, man, um, they, got,
1: they got hosed. The Luca un- Garza sucks.
0: All right, let's move on to the next type of conversation because I'm tired of talking about the Big Ten football. Um, <laughs> we got just, something to talk about first. Snooze right?
1: fest. Snooze fest. What would you say? We got something else to talk about before that, right? Huh? We have an ad to play before this? Yeah, I was going into that. I was yeah, I, 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 The yeah. next segment is where you're about to go. I was like,
0: Well, okay. We'll be back in just a second. Run the ad. Hey, everyone. Bryce Kuhn here with the Crowded Booth, and I'm excited to partner with Milton and Drew McCluskey as they get on their new venture, the Cajun Cousins Company. It's an all-stop shop for some of the best food and atmosphere entertainment that you're going to be able to have, especially this fall as college football is right around the corner. What is Cajun Cousins Company? Well, Milt decided to start this business back in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where they're based out of. Drew initially joined him after spending some time with the Saints, but they offer catered Cajun delicacies such as crawfish boils and Aunt Dottie's jambalaya. They bring everything and they can set up anywhere. Look, folks, they're passionate about giving people a reason to gather and to get to the culture that they love so much. They're expanding that brand to the low country of South Carolina, the upstate area, and other areas of the southeast. So, look, if you're going to throw that tailgate party or you're going to have a big gathering, reach out to Cajun Cousins Company today over at CajunCousinsCO.com to get that quote. Tell them the crowd of Booth sent you. We can't wait to see what they have in store this fall. All right, we're back here. Shout out Cajun Cousins. Great food, great atmosphere. Check them out for your next party, your next event. Bryce Coon, Ralph, Larry, Will Manis. Appreciate you if you're listening on radio, whether it's uh, East Georgia, East Alabama, West Georgia. Why would you be doing it in East uh, Alabama, East Georgia? No one even likes that place over there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, let's talk storylines. Storylines, as we roll into just a couple, we'll, we'll roll three of these out here. And guys, we start with number one which is, is Caleb Williams worth the drama? Now, look, I think that we're, we're not talking about the NFL, the no fun league on this program. Uh, we are just not going to do it. Ralph tried to talk about it, and it just derailed the show, as you saw before that ad, talking about the uh, the Bears. So that's what happens when we talk about the NFL. I apologize. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just, hey, how about you go get back in the truck and just, just go ahead and drive another lap for me? Um, that being said... Well, Caleb Williams, the drama, the you know everything that's going on, the the idea that he wants to have ownership in the team that drafts him, and then now we see back to back games where USC loses. First off, that was easy money, ladies and gentlemen. I think they were they were double digit favorites against Utah, and Utah's got no, a good seven, defense. Seven
2: touchdown favorites.
0: Touchdown favorites. Well, still Utah's got a good defense. Money. And the idea, the idea that USC was just going to bounce back. Uh, It seemed like to be a lot of a given for a lot of people. So I'll tell you this, well, if you've got the number one pick and you're looking at Caleb Williams, is it worth the drama that seemingly surrounds him with, you know, people talking about he, I'll give three points, the ownership aspect, the one that he could potentially, uh, you know, say he doesn't want to go to your team and goes back to school. And then three the stories lines that you know, rumors that came out today—I don't know if you guys saw this—about him potentially just sitting out the rest of the year, and just you know, just hanging it up for us this year. Kids, obviously, super talented, but is, if you're a GM of the NFL, is he worth the drama from what you've seen uh, here, kind of in year two under uh, Lincoln Riley at USC?
2: No, I, I don't rate him that highly. I think I mean, he's obviously incredibly talented. I I don't really think he his game will translate well to the NFL. Uh, and Bryce, you and I were talking about this today. NFL offensive coordinators, I, I don't really know how any of them can have a job because like none of them can, Yeah. can develop uh, a college quarterback. I mean, you've seen, we've, we were talking about uh, what Todd Munkin has done uh, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I, I mean, if you watch that game Sunday, that was, that was like a quarterbacking clinic uh, and he's a completely different player. And, like the Bears, we compared them to the Bears. They don't have – they they like have not developed Justin Fields at all, and it's like they don't know yeah. what to do with him. Uh, Caleb Williams, clearly a better passer than Justin Fields, but I, I still don't – I don't really trust that they can develop a mobile quarterback, but I just don't – I don't really like Caleb Williams that much as a quarterback. Uh, I would I I would put Michael Penix ahead of him. I, I would – I would maybe with lean Bo
0: Nix – I over, say, I mean, say bodacious. Well Drake, well, Drake May,
2: Drake May for sure. I was gonna say Bo Nix, he's he's very similar to Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield's carved out a nice career, uh, up to this point, although he lost to our hapless Falcons.
0: Um, bringing the NFL back into it. okay, yeah, we're not talking, just, just finish the point.
1: <laughs>
2: you asked if Caleb Williams is worth the drama, I,
1: no, <laughs> we cut him off again.
0: No, Caleb Williams is not worth the drama it, to me. <laughs> so, Emmanuel, is it Acho, 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 yeah, whatever. Acho. I'll be sure, honest. Whatever. I could care less what this guy has to say on any of his input. I think he's got a ton of bad takes. And he obviously does a lot of stuff for clicks. That being said, he tweeted out, and I don't know if you guys saw it, that Caleb Williams should consider sitting out the rest of the season, calling it fiscally irresponsible. Uh, one, that is uh, – just a detriment, I think, to college football. If you're if you're calling for one of the more talented players in the sport to be able to um, just sit out the rest of the season. Like that's just I, – I I think that's dumb. You know, he's probably out of the running for the Heisman Trophy as well. I would agree with that uh, in that sense. His post-game – I don't know if you guys saw this. The post-game – I don't want to say temper tantrum that he threw – you know, after the losing to Utah the frustrations. The breakdown he had, maybe. Yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. I don't know. I mean, I think that Caleb Williams has obviously traits that you say, man, that's going to be fun to watch at the next level. But like Will and I were talking about, like the NFL is so just weird. Like there's a lot of bad coaches in the NFL that just mm-hmm. refuse to – um just completely, I think completely refuse to change what they do for the roster. Like it's just. I don't know if uh, they're bad. Crazy.
2: I think I think they all have a, a huge ego. This, th- very good point. Very like, good point. Systems like don't change. The best coaches build a system around the players they have, because that's the job of a coach to put your players in the best position to win. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of offensive coaches in the NFL coordinators there, don't. There do There are
1: that. a few teams doing it right now. I would say one being the Colts, but you know, Colts loses- do it
2: well. Ravens have done it well. 49ers do it well, but yes, Miami, Miami's Miami. done it well. But it's a short list.
1: Yeah, yeah I
0: mean. not Atlanta. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. We, was please, we got to stop. Just move on to the next topic. Ralph. We pass on NASCAR Matt baseball. Jones to, to draft a blocker. All right, we're here on Missouri. <laughs> okay, we're back to Missouri, where no one cares about the NFL in that state. Um,
1: what? Uh, they what? They're in
0: L.A. They're in the L.A. They're in L.A. Aren't they? No one cares about that, right? Feeble. It's a joke. Taylor they Swift care, does. They care Taylor about Swift Taylor does. Swift. They don't care about football anymore. It's a joke. God, <laughs> please. I think he actually forgot they were. No, he no. <laughs> he definitely
1: forgot. You thought they were in Nebraska.
0: Why? There's no Kansas City, Nebraska. <laughs> he thought they were in Kansas. I'm about to just end the show because I can't talk anymore <laughs> about the NFL. I refuse to talk about it. Um, This being said. Missouri Col- controls his own destiny. I think that they are the surprise team in college football. What they've been able to do uh, is no shortage. Yeah. My name's not Bruce Jonesy. Jeez. Um Missouri controls their own destiny. I mean, look, they're going to play 3:30 kickoff against Georgia next weekend, Ralph, not this one. Next weekend on November the 4th they're going to play, which is not this weekend. It's next weekend. They're going to play and I think that if I just think to see a team that really wasn't even counted on, like to really be a player and for them to, at this juncture of the season, heading into the last month, the final month of the regular season to control your own destiny, that's huge. And what they're building in Missouri is really, really nice. They're showing that you can bring players in there. Uh, Drink, which has done a great job. I mean, obviously it takes, I don't want to say generational type talent, but it takes really, really good talent. That's in your home state, like a Luther burden to want to stay home. Uh, but man, Ralph, your thoughts on Missouri being able to control its own destiny here as we get ready to get to the month of November? Also, November they get a bye week this week, I believe, too, before yeah. going to Georgia.
1: Well, when we uh, talk their schedule real quick, you know they got Georgia, they got bye week, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas. This is where, like, this is where you know you, you have to play your best football here because you go to Georgia, you get Tennessee at home the next week, and then you get Florida at home, and you go to Arkansas. I'm not saying Arkansas will be the hard one, but you know, you just can't sleep over Arkansas and just expect to win. You know, sometimes you you can, and you know, if you're the best team out there, you could definitely win that game. But uh, I don't think did anyone, did any of us, have Missourians are surprising the SEC this year. What you I think say? bright, bright, yeah, Kentucky is nope. surprising. Will who'd you in have
2: Kentucky? No idea.
1: All right, um, but yeah, no so I, I think what you know Drinkless has done is impressive. He had Auburn. <laughs> I think he had Auburn.
2: They've been surprising, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> just no offense. Um, sure. But, yeah, what Drink was just done there is, is 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 super impressive this year. I think, yeah, you know, man. him being considered in the hot seat beginning of the year to turn around the way he's done this year. And, you know, the only loss was in a shootout with LSU, who has the best offense in the country. I mean, you had a great win against Kentucky, a terrific win against South Carolina. And then your, you're, you know, week off to, you know, everyone get healthy. You go go to Georgia and give them the, your best game ever, hopefully. And you know, yeah, this is this is a very great team, and this is a team that is definitely controls their destiny. I mean, if anything, they
0: you know can set themselves up to play in Atlanta. So yeah, you could have potentially, guys, a Missouri Ole Miss SEC title game. Ugh, God. that's Who
1: that's wild. To watch that.
0: That's like when Missouri played Auburn, and then like was when was a great game. No, I no. enjoyed well, it. Like, it's I mean, like, but no one enjoyed watching James Franklin and Missouri go there. I did. Um, and it's Michael like watching, Sam. Okay, let's move on next storyline. Let's well, just I'm move on, on next storyline. Your comment um, is
1: no, it's about baseball, and I'm, I'm not doing the NFL. Don't worry. It's like at the beginning of the year. Who would have said the Rangers and the Diamondbacks would have been the World Series? That's a
0: possibility. As, as a of right lot of now, people
2: picked the Rangers.
0: Rangers were a hot pick. Diamondbacks, no, but I yeah. But if you would pick those two to match up in the World Series. No, absolutely not. So. We need to get to the final segment, please. Um, UNC's inability to get over the hump. Uh, Gene Chiswick's awful. He needs to. Nope. Be fired. Nope. He's nope. terrible. He's nope. terrible. UNC's nope. a joke. It's a joke, man. Oh They've God. had. They have a NFL level starter on their roster. Couldn't do anything with it. He's now starting. They scored the twenty
2: seven points against Virginia.
0: Virginia's horrible
2: with an NFL quarterback, and you're going to blame the defensive coordinator.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna blame miss, the defense. Miss yeah. me? Yeah. Miss I'm gonna blame me. the defense as a whole. Gene Chiswick's a terrible defensive coordinator.
2: Mi- no, miss me? No, 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 no.
0: He's not. Not just for this game. He's the, the offense has had to overcome every single game for them no. to be App State? No. Yeah. You're, you're disrespecting a national champion. Oh, good Lord! That. He, that is the worst head coach to win a national championship. It's like Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl. You let Tony Muskie beat you.
1: That's what. That's what's bad.
0: That's Ed Orgeron weird.
2: is the worst head coach to win a national championship.
0: Mm, I think Gene Chizik's worse. <laughs> You're right. I think. I, I think. I think Gene Chizik's worse. Uh, there we go. Will loves old Gene. They're from Jonesy. He does oh. love Gene. He does. Um, no. But so, in all seriousness, I mean, North Carolina does this every year, and it's got a bunch of Tech fans super excited about what could potentially. Happen and Cade says he could have won with Cam, probably so, especially from that profile picture. You definitely could have led a team to a national title. All the things considered here, <laughs> it's just mind blowing to watch North Carolina play each and every single year they drop a game to somebody they shouldn't even be in the same stratosphere. Last two years it's been Georgia Tech, this year it's Virginia. Uh, Virginia's awful, like Virginia's really, really bad, and North Carolina had a down game. And I think that when we see you know, just overall, what this North Carolina team has. I mean, yeah, Drake May is a – I mean, scouts are going to love this kid. He has all the measurables you want in, in an NFL quarterback. I mean, you have that. You've got, uh, you know, a running back that – you know, Amari and, a Mario and Ham, a Hampton that's really, really good running back. But overall, I mean, the inability to get over the hump – I'll ask you guys this. Is, is this a Mac Brown problem? Like, because it's one of those things where, like, they, they have got some good teams, but they just cannot – beat the team like i don't I don't know how to explain it will what do you think i mean is this a mac brown issue that north carolina has going on
2: yeah i think so because the same thing happened at texas he's won one mm-hmm. national championship um but i'm just going to go ahead and refute your statement earlier that the north carolina offense has had to overcome the defense in every game
0: oh god uh i didn't say every Florida, game i say most games the defense is not good
2: they've been really good this year They've given up. They gave up twenty-four to Pitt, and other than App State, Miami, every other game they gave up less than seventeen. So they've been good this year. I don't know if it's more of a Mac Brown problem or or a or a North Carolina football problem uh, because I, they they just they don't take football serious enough uh, to be a national contender uh, year in and year out. I've never, I in my lifetime, they've never been good in our lifetime they've never been good uh like really contending uh you know i think just as a whole they need to start taking it more seriously
0: yeah i think i mean look they've they get talent they put together some decent recruiting classes uh you know they got a chance to be at the top of the acc but man i, I was really excited to watch what a unc florida state as uh, acc title game would look like and now we got of, you know See what happens over the next course of the couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I'll well, talk about they're it on gonna, Thursday. They're, they're gonna roll this weekend, they're gonna
2: stomp Georgia Tech. It's probably gonna be like yes. 40 to three. God, I Especially hope so. Especially since you come after Gene Chiswick's defense like that.
0: Oh, god, I hope so.
2: If Gene is watching they, this
0: show, then he's got a lot bigger problems than maybe we originally thought. <laughs> um, Once again, Ralph, we're not going to ask you how you feel on this because we're uh, short for time here. So we're just going to play this next ad, and then what we're going to do is we're going to get to our final four and get the heck away from people uh, in this show. We appreciate you. Uh, We'll be back here in just a second. (laughs) Your soap is – and your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. Back here at the crowded booth as we rock and roll with our top four last ten minutes of the show. Appreciate you for tuning in, joining us here on a lovely Monday night. We get uh, the, the final week in October, and I cannot believe college football has gone uh, that quickly. Remember, you can catch us every single Monday and Wednesday nights, eight thirty Eastern, seven thirty Central, talking to college football. All right, guys, let's rock and roll with our top four here. Will we'll let you do the honors? As uh, I was going to tell you not to read the top comments five and uh, top four. With an honorable mention there at t- number five, as uh, I know you love the Service Academy, so I'll let you have it. Will Mantis is top four entering week number nine. Georgia, Michigan,
2: Ohio State, Washington, and Air Force. Uh, the top four is pretty standard, so I'll just talk about Air Force. Air Force is good. I mean, they're they're a legit team. You know, they're obviously not a playoff contender,
0: mm-hmm. but they're
2: 7-0. and they run the ball really well. They've got a really strong defense. I think their defense is top twenty. I don't have the numbers in front of me. At least the top thirty defense. And, and you know, yeah, I know, I know. They play in the Mountain West. They don't play nobody. But man, they play their style of ball. And, and every couple of years, they're really good. They're they're ranked in the top twenty-five. They're going to be top twenty this week, uh, and they get a big win over Navy. So they're gonna they're they're in cruise. <laughs> They're in cruise control to to take the commander in chief's trophy this year. Will
1: uh, the the for points per game allow their fourth in the country?
2: Yeah, see, told you they're legit. They're legit. <laughs> they're legit. Uh, they play. They stomp's Bryce's Navy. So uh, that's C-Dog. right. Sea dog, America's team. America's Air Force. Team. Let's see. Let's let's see if Air Force can make the top ten this year. That'd be that'd be something. That'd be amazing. No,
0: no. no not a chance.
2: I hope so, dude. I'd put them in there. I, you see, I got them number five
0: in the country, and that's and that's why Will doesn't have to vote. I've, I've already I've <laughs> punted
2: on Oregon, I've punted on Alabama, I've punted on.
0: Uh, I see this: I want to yeah, see Dubai. Air Force play Alabama in like the Fiesta Bowl. That's what I want to see. The greatest thing, ever. it'd be amazing. <laughs> Ralph, let's go to your top four, which I don't even think changed from last week. So uh, we'll we'll rock I and roll I moved, yours.
1: Move Washington that one. So
0: yeah, Michigan, hey, yeah, Georgia, Washington, Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I'm going. I mean, look, these four teams are the best teams in the country right now. I, I truly think so. um You know, Georgia bye week last week. We'll see what they can do this weekend against Missouri. This is uh yeah, this is their hardest test. You know, this is yeah. they got. This is the weekend I say, I feel like I say this all about friends all the time. Is you know, Georgia's got a hard test this weekend finally, and then they go out and beat the brakes off this team because this is what they do. They they handle business so. Michigan obviously is halo business all year. Haven't played anybody yet, but you know once they get playing, you know Penn State and you know you know Ohio State in the year, we'll we'll see what they really are. But you know they dismantle what a terrible Michigan State team is right now.
2: Yeah. And then
1: Washington, I, I didn't even see who Washington played this weekend. I didn't even get the chance to see. Um, they beat lost.
2: Arizona State, fifteen to
1: seven. Well, know, yeah, it is what it is. Ohio State, obviously, we talked about them earlier. Played a played a great game against Penn State. Truly did. They're still to be at the top four. Um Bryce, I can't watch you laugh like that. You gotta you know, you gotta hold of yourself. I just love
0: it. well, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. four
2: touchdown favorite one by eight.
1: You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You know,
0: just, against the twelve year old head
2: right. coach Kenny Dillingham.
0: <laughs> hey, he made Bo Nix a Heisman contender. So you better be he nice. You did direct. it at Auburn too. Uh, it did it in 2019, was it? And then obviously yep. last year, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to roll with my top four. I'll go a little more in depth on this. I've got Michigan one, uh, biggest reasons. Uh, look, you know, you, we can talk about this team's not playing anybody, but they held a Michigan state team to 51 total yards in the first half. Like that, Don't care who you're playing against. That's something that's really, really hard to do. Just 10 rushing yards. They beat them 49 to nothing. Guys, this is an in-state school. Uh, I know there's a lot of rivalries that we see teams beat up on in-state schools. But, you know, when we look and kind of see, obviously, what this Wolverines team has done, obviously the NCAA investigation, I don't really care about the sign-stealing thing. It's not going to impact the play on the field in a 49-nothing game. Um, JJ McCarthy, you know, we'll believe he's the odds on favorite to win the Heisman right now. Uh, he you is mentioned this. continuing to just kind of have a really good year as they get into the meat of their schedule. I'm excited, but it was a flawless night for them, uh, against, against, uh, Michigan state. Number two, I've got Georgia state or what? No, Georgia state. Oh, I, I will say this, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia State's the second best team in the state of Georgia. I will say that the big game this Thursday night cannot mm-hmm. wait for that one. Georgia Southern fans. Yeah, well, where are they at? The are they one, alive?
2: the only one. The, the one that. Watches no man, the
0: show? he's he's in Thomasville. He's he's racking up that bill at the uh, the Country Club. He's not watching this.
1: He's not on the show tonight. But there's another one in the Discord who's a Georgia Southern fan, so don't don't make them mad now.
0: Drippy, drippy, don't. We don't have to worry about him. Um, Georgia hasn't looked at for one team in the country. But this is where I sit with this. It really doesn't matter to me. They're 7-0. and uh, They've done what they need to do. When they needed to rise to the occasion, they did. That's exactly what they were able to do. I've got Georgia number two. We're going to find out a lot over the next couple of weeks. I mean, this is why I kind of sk- laughed a little bit when people said, well, the schedule's terrible. How about you wait till we play the games and we actually get a feel of what these teams are, are and, and what these teams can do? You know, they're going to play Florida. They're going to play Missouri. They're going to play at Tennessee, which is not going to be easy. They're going to host Ole Miss, you know, and then they'll have their tune up game for what trip to Atlanta. Uh, that, you know, I guess they could just stay in Atlanta, uh, home away from home for them. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. At number three, I've got Florida State. You know how, guys, how I feel about this? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how Florida State continues to ride. I think what we like talked about best when you match up their resume right now for the first nine weeks of the season. They've got the best resume. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to change, like Will said, because a lot of the upper t- echelon teams have a more backloaded schedule. Florida State had some of their bigger games in the first half of the uh, season, and then at number four, I've got Washington. I just like Washington's offensive potential a little bit more than Ohio State's right now. I want to see how the Big Ten shakes out, but I think, um, man, I think I think this is going to be fun. Like once again, we're all kind of sitting around the same thing. I'd watch a playoff of these four teams right here. I'd yeah. watch Ralph's four team playoff. And I'd definitely watch a five team playoff of what we'll put out there. <laughs> so as well. So with Air Force getting some love. Whoever uh, wins in the, I, who I, wins out of those four has to play Air Force and then the second. For the national championship. Game. There we go. Uh, and you know, yeah.
2: We we talk about Air Force's championship. Here's nope, the rest here of their go. schedule. Colorado State, Army, oh, Hawaii, yeah. UNLV, yeah. Boise
0: State. Yeah. They really might be twelve and oh. Yeah, the they're going to get it. to a New Year's. Season. They're going to be the group of five representative. Like I, I feel one hundred and ten percent about that. Was it Tulane last year? I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. two Tulane in the Cotton Bowl,
2: mm-hmm. and they beat USC. So sure. Air Force. Yeah.
0: There we go again. There I'm for they'll that. They'll have
2: to play the Mountain West Conference title game, so they got to. They'll be thirteen zero. Maybe.
0: was oh. <laughs> that, that Army look? game? Get Air Force. Where's that ACC? Where's that game? That play Army,
2: that? Army <laughs> game, November fourth, man. That. That's, that's their toughest game the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, Army's going to have their QB number one. They didn't have it this past weekend. Um, so that's going to be fun. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in. College football is a lot of fun. Um, you know, what we got on the docket for the rest of this week, we'll kind of end it with this. Ralph, you can take that off. Appreciate you. What we got on the docket is, first off, have you guys ever had Peach Jolly Ranchers? Amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, um, did not know it was either, and they're really, really good. That being said, uh what we have on the docket we've got two live streams tomorrow in the fact of will's going to be going live with his auburn dynasty that i guarantee you is a must watch for any fan that wants to just watch whatever happens and transpires on that stream it is amazing um who, it's who wild. am i playing, am I, playing LSU? I think i think it's i think it's georgia no, no. i played
2: georgia last week
0: so it's lsu i, I think it's lsu yeah it's, that's going to be really fun <laughs> We're also going to be live um, on Twitch because YouTube bans us off this. Of uh, where I'm going to be at 7:30 uh, Central, 30 Eastern, going over some of the film with this Boston College game, just abysmal. And uh, man, we're going to really show it and hopefully not get banned off stream. Don't what we watch have later that, on, dude? Watch, watch me just be feeble. Pull both of them up, YouTube and Twitch. That's why we're on two different <laughs> platforms. Um, we're also going to be talking, previewing the week that is. And uh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, we're even going to have a live. Instant reaction show on Saturday night where we're opening the phone lines. Georgia Tech against North Carolina, a little post homecoming action. That's going to be a lot of fun. For that. It's going to be a lot I'll of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Actually, I will be awake for that.
0: Yeah, you will. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to open up the phone lines and we're going to talk about that. That's what we got the rest of the week. Make sure to tune in Thursday night, 7 30. Georgia Southern, Georgia State, going to be a lot of fun as that as well. That's going to be a really, really fun game to watch. Can't wait for that one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got. Will Manis, Ralph Lairman, and Bryce coon Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on The Crowded Booth. While in here and make yourself feel at home, The Crowded Booth
1: is coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Kuhn.